0: Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Sydney Wazer, also known for her musical project called Clara. Nova. Sydney is a French-American, Los Angeles-based musician and songwriter. Earlier this year, she released a Clara Nova EP called The Iron Age and soon will be releasing the follow up, The Golden Age. Be sure to check out her India Go campaign for her music video, Electric. If you support, you could even receive a Parisian beret. Guys, how cool is that? <laughs> Visit Clara-Nova.com for all the latest info and check out her Facebook page too. All right, let's get into Sydney's interview. Um, So thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, What music influenced you growing up?
1: When I was a kid, I listened to a lot of James Taylor, Leonard Cohen, uh, Rufus Wainwright. Yeah, probably those were in the house a lot as a kid. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Um, How did you get into playing music?
1: My dad is a songwriter, and a piano player, and a singer. And I would always sort of wake up to the sound of him playing piano and singing his songs in the house. And then I would sit on his lap and put my hands on his hands and sort of like learn his songs, kind of. And Mm -hmm. then my parents recognized that I loved playing and writing. And so it all sort of happened pretty organically from there.
0: Cool. Uh, Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up here in Los Angeles.
0: A rare, like that's <laughs> yeah. always just like, yeah, one in a dozen, or, or I, I mean, know. More, like even
1: yeah. Every day there are fewer and fewer natives. Yeah, um, as the <laughs> it's mass true. migration happens, the native birds fly off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles in Laurel Canyon, and my dad is French, and all of his family is in Paris. So we spent okay. most of the year in LA, and then we'd spend usually summer and holidays in France. So kind of a combination, but.
0: Do you remember where you, like, had one of your very first performances? Or, like, did you start a band or, like...
1: Yeah, my first performances were at school mainly. We had rock band. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, where we would do covers. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I had everybody learn. We had, like, rock band and the choir. Okay. And I, in partnership with the... Um, the teacher, the rock band teacher and the choir professor, I orchestrated Bohemian Rhapsody with both people, both groups, and we combined them and did like a big performance in the school gym in 11th grade. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. That was like probably one of my favorite first shows as a kid. That's Um, so cool. Yeah, they were like high school rock band and then... Uh, actually there's a woman who worked, uh, one of the, my friends, Chloe, her mother worked at LACMA and they had a big event and one of my first shows ever in Los Angeles proper, not in school was at LACMA in their, um, outdoor area. Cool. Yeah. It was so wild.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: I know. So <laughs> yeah. crazy. I'd like to play there now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just like brought a little keyboard and a microphone and. Set up shop and sang some songs.
0: Oh my goodness, that's so cool! How did you bring Bohemian Rhapsody together? Like, I feel <laughs> like that is just like such a complicated song, maybe or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, well, it
1: kind of worked because there were because since there were two separate groups, it was good throughout the semester. Each group could focus on their piece. Okay, and so the rock band we all worked on the rock section, and then the choir. I would go; they would work on it during the the school day and I'd meet with them after school and go mm-hmm. through stuff and then we just kind of brought it all together and it worked out it I was really an epic performance of you know 15 year olds seriously <laughs> like
0: that's so impressive <laughs> i love that i'm still
1: yeah i am pretty amazed how everybody pulled it together but yeah there were a lot of us and everyone i think was excited and knew it was a challenge so mm-hmm. individually everyone rose to the occasion
0: yeah that's cool so what did you do after you got out of high school then Um, where did you go to college and
1: I went to music school in Boston okay um, to Berkeley and I focused on songwriting and performance and music business Uh, my parents said if I went to music school I had to get a business degree of some sort or something that I could use when I left that was like a quantifiable degree Um, So, I did that and I'm actually thankful for them for making me do that because I got an internship right out of college when I moved to New York that was in management and that kind of introduced me to a whole crew of of industry people who are still friends today and who I reach out to for help and guidance, feedback, stuff like that. How how was it living in New York? I love New York. Yeah, it was, um, I moved, I graduated a little bit early, and so I had moved there when I was 20, and it was a bit overwhelming, completely different than Los Angeles. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it was just a big culture shift. The three years in Boston prior were helpful. Uh, it was sort of a stepping stone to a big city like New York, um, and I remember when I moved to Boston feeling like this is a city and then after a year I realized no this is a town and then I got to New York and realized wow this is a crazier city than anything I'd ever experienced until that moment especially because Los Angeles used to be quite sleepy Mm -hmm. and the culture shift that's happening and this influx of artists and everything from bars to restaurants that we have now wasn't like that, you know, it was kind of like California Pizza Kitchen and right, strip, like right. strip malls. Yeah, and now yeah, there's yeah. like all these little pop-up boutique restaurants and bars. So that sort of is new here. And so L.A. was pretty sleepy. So moving to New York was was a bit overwhelming. Yeah,
0: <laughs> From like just diving into like working in the management side, what things did you learn from that that have like helped you like from those formative like years.
1: Yeah, it was really helpful. Um, early on I was managing, I was sort of an assistant manager to this woman, Emily White, who ended up becoming my manager for a while when I was living in New York. And I was also helping out this guy, Kevin Morris, who now manages the Alabama shakes and is at red light and Christine's daughter, who is also working with Kevin at red light with Alabama shakes. And, um, Emily was managing at the time the Dresden Dolls, so I worked closely with Amanda Palmer right as she was starting to do her Amanda Palmer side, and Dresden Dolls was kind of fading out. Yeah. Um, That was really what she was, whether or not, I mean, she's not aware of this, but a mentor in a way of just being, coming from a band platform, going into an individual artist project, and um, knowing how to ask her fans for help, knowing really how to connect with her fans and she's kind of like the queen of independent Mm -hmm. Um, and she was I think very on the forefront of that that was still you know a world where people were living in labels more than they are now and before Spotify was really as big as it it is and yeah um, streaming took over digital so she was like she was very insp- inspiring. I learned a lot from Amanda and a lot from Emily and Kevin and Christine and uh, Mike Luba who worked there. Cool. He ended up like doing uh, Gentleman of the Road with Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. And so you just had, I was with, surrounded by these incredible people who've gone to do, on to do these amazing things. And I just kind of absorbed little things from like how to advance a show to what to put on a rider to right. how to write a proper email to someone Mm-hmm. you know kind of a cold
0: email to get yeah.
1: a contact in contact with somebody you don't know and yeah that's how it was helpful I think that's
0: cool uh so like during that time were you also like starting to create your own music like while we're learning about management or how did that yeah I had just when I
1: graduated college I had released my first Sydney Wazer record called Silent Parade um, which I don't recommend listening to, it is out, (laughs) and I've considered taking it down. Um, But then I keep thinking of Cat Power or something, you know, and and Moon Picks, and as a super fan, I was so excited to find that record, and anyways... So, Silent Parade I released and right when I was working at that company and so I felt like I was learning tools, um, gathering tools on how to release that record basically. And um, they introduced me to a couple places to play and they were really helpful in just finding a foundation and a footing as a young artist um, in a city like New York and yeah, Emily I think got me one of my first shows at the Rockwood Music Hall right as it was opening. and oh, that ended cool. Up,
0: yeah. So many people, yeah, so many of my friends and people I know play there now, so it's like, yeah, yeah it's just like kind of a New York staple.
1: Yeah, she got me one of the, my first shows there, and, and that ended up becoming my home venue, and it really nurtured me and helped me, you know, shed skin and, like, go through different layers of transformation and flesh out new song ideas on that stage, and, and that was Emily.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, yeah, from just, like, seeing you play now, um, you have, like, a lot of visuals, and how, how did that all come together? Um, well, I
1: have always been a visual learner and a visual person. Yeah. Actually, the first song I wrote when I was in fifth grade was about a painter, who's my favorite painter then and now, Modigliani. Um I was reading a book about him or like flipping through a book about him at the time and the song came out. So visual inspiration has always been something I've pulled from, from film to museum gallery shows to, you know.
0: Get your music videos. Yeah, music Like videos. The Illusionist and. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love the visual aspect Thanks. too. like, yeah.
1: Yes, I think Nova and Yeah. when Claire Nova came around, I wanted to do something that was uh, visual as well as, as music. And with this music specifically, I was signed with a major label that the subsidiary I was fol- signed with folded and took all my music. So I sort of set out to re-record it. And when I was re-recording it, I felt like I needed to do something different for myself because the music I had already made and now I'm making it again. Yeah. And so the visual component was really almost like medicine for me. Um, And I'm currently working on a visual installation for April of next year.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And a visual, it's going to be a book of photographs in collaboration with all my favorite Los Angeles photographers. Fun. And there's a different image for each song. And yeah, I'm going to slowly start to, I've already have been revealing them over the last, you know, year or so and then the book is going to come out in april and we're going to have a large-scale installation and it's going to be great
0: that's so cool yeah Yeah, yeah i've noticed that in like a lot of like um the echo and like i just i love i love that music video because of like the stop motion
1: thank you yeah my friend clara aronovich um directed that video and she is an absolute wizard a dear friend and such a talent and the song concept and premise is sort of about we all have our quiet narrative in our head and I'll have a conversation with you and you have your whole narrative quietly in your head and I have mine in my head and at that moment like my history is interacting with your history and it's all sort of like a swirl of... of. Um, What is the timeline? Past, present, future? Where it's all kind of happening at the same moment? Yeah, and that's what the song is about. And we were talking about that, and she's like, "I know this perfect camera, and I'm gonna edit it this way." And she sort of went from there and blew my mind, really.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, she did an amazing job. I really I really love that, and and I love the illusionist too because. With the dancing and the... In the box. In the box.
1: So Mimi Cave directed that video, and she and I actually were supposed to work together on a video video when I was with the label, but that all fell apart, and we became good friends, and then I was looking to make this video and she's like let's do it and so we took sort of a premise of what we wanted to do before which was me being in a large-scale terrarium of some sort and we picked this box this box structure of plexiglass and steel and um, we put this dancer inside and I love the idea of this constraint but it's transparent mm-hmm. and that's actually what sparks the whole concept for the visual installation um, and it is about transparent boundaries that we put on ourselves or other people put on us or that we put on other people. And um, sometimes they're important and they're a comfort and sometimes they're disruptive. And um, yeah, it's sort of just a commentary on that.
0: That's really cool. Yeah,
1: that's Which awesome. feels very important sort of politically with everything going on. I'm talking oh about gosh. putting up a wall yeah. and borders. It felt Seriously. like, yeah, it felt just like a, a way to touch on socially what's going on.
0: Totally. Going back to having to re-record, yeah, like I think that's like so brave. Of like, you had, you know, the label. I don't know the exact story, but the label fall out, and you're like, I still want to put out this music. Yeah, yeah, there were <laughs> you know? so
1: many feelings before I got to that point. <laughs> but in
0: theory, that's yeah. what happened. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah,
1: what were some of those feelings,
0: like, leading up to, like,
1: yeah? I think it was, I mean, yeah, one word, like as you said, is brave, another word is insane. Um, some people I spoke with just thought it was the craziest thing to re-record it, but I had made a record I was really proud of, and I had made it with my friend Sean Everett, who we, I specifically was going through a big transition at the time and I had all these songs I met with him in his new studio downtown and he just sort of he had been working with Tony Berg and then he ventured out and had his own studio and it was like a big shift for him and a big shift for me yeah and we would just get together and record these songs and it was transformative for me as a person and I felt as an artist and was the first record of this new project Claranova. after releasing three records under Sydney Wazer in New York I moved to LA it was just it all was like it yeah. felt Monumental to me, and then someone and I was proud of it, and then someone just took it, and they could have given it to me
0: right, or yeah. settled
1: on some possibility of buying it back in mm-hmm. um, an incremental payment situation, but it wasn't there was no uh, no willingness to talk, so everything was stolen, and I ended up I was really depressed and down for a while and oh, it was man. really I stressful would, and yeah, I would be too. My health kind of shut down as one would expect when, you know, it was almost like a betrayal or something. Yeah. And also this idea of I had everything I wanted, signed with the major, had a great community of with the small company through the major and it just felt like everything was ideal and then, you know, poof, one night it's literally gone like move they moved out of the office in the middle of the night and didn't actually even tell me really it was just kind of like imploded and yeah um and so it felt like i took i took a minute i sort of had like a duck and hold moment and then i decided that i really wanted to re-record it as-is or as close to as-is um, and so I met with different friends in different studios and my bandmates and Sean and other producers and we just pieced it back together little bit by little bit and we recorded every single note on the record um, and we're releasing it in sections. The Iron Age, first, the first EP came out just a few months ago and The Golden Age is coming out um, in October so that's it exciting. feels like yeah. some of the music is finally out, and and it's nice to share it after a couple of years of process. Um, what
0: a process to go through! Yeah,
1: like... but fans and my community and my friends yeah. showed up a thousand percent, and um, and that's huge. Yeah, they helped fund it to for me to re-record it, or at least yeah. start re-recording it, yeah. and and get the music out. Yeah, that's. And then I signed with. Um, a distribution company called AWOL and they have been incredible and their intention in their company, their motto, their business model is, is just getting tools to artists so that they can fully be independent artists and release music and be in control of their art and after the implosion of a major label and everything I thought that I wanted and thinking that somebody else had keys to the kingdom and I couldn't have my own Yeah, they've given me a very shiny set of keys and I do feel like I am in charge of of my life and my path and that is I think more important than
0: anything really. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So pretty much during that time what kept you going?
1: Yeah the community was was my rock. Yeah friends and fans and just notes that people would send and you know someone lighting a little match felt like the sun was out, yeah. um, and my community really showed up, and and it, I realized, I guess, through that process how important community is, and how um, music, well, any art form really can sometimes be isolating, and you get in your head, and you're, I write a lot by myself, so I'm spending time writing all day by myself, yeah. and then I'll just do something else by myself, or I'll read a book, or I'm going to ruminate for far too long on whatever I'm ruminating on, <laughs> And I realized that community is so important. And, and I think that was a good lesson learned.
0: What's your songwriting process like? How do you? Songwriting process
1: is kind of different for uh, different songs. But um, most of them, I usually start with a little melody idea or a little piano, a chord progression on the piano or on the guitar. Um, and I, I, I kind of pull on the thread from there some I journal a lot so I have lyrics kind of filling books but I I don't really sit sit down and write lyrics and mm-hmm. then and then write music around it I kind of write it all at the same time but I I try and find a spark and then try and make a bonfire
0: That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great uh <laughs> way of putting it. That's so <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Why do you do what you do like Why, like, why music? Why do you love music? I mean, I do ask that to everyone that I (laughs) interview since it's the I Love Music podcast, but yeah. Um, I think
1: music is is the most sort of primitive expression. I think a kid is born, and the first thing they do when they start really moving around is they, like, touch things, and they bang on things, and they kind of dance like dancing is sort of one of the first things, music is one of the first things that, that it just feels really human. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I love it. I think it connects me and reminds me to be grounded and um, like a person in the world. Yeah. Um, And for whatever reason, I think the career and the profession and the craft kind of picked me when I think of ways that I would emote those other ones music is what comes naturally lyrically and and, um, harmonically.
0: That's great.
1: I try to draw but
0: I'm not so good at
1: it. I'd love to. As somebody who loves and really appreciates visual art I would love to draw or like pick up a paintbrush and make some piece of magic but I think words and and sounds are at least this chapter of my life where i'm living now
0: yeah that's so great um for people who are songwriters um or and or musicians you have like any tips or anything words of wisdom to share with to share with them um words of wisdom for creative yeah creative yeah
1: yeah. Um, i read a great well i watched a great ted talk um, um, so Elizabeth Gilbert.
0: Oh yeah, I love Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. She wrote E. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Which I really didn't think I would like, and then I loved it. I thought it was just a great book, and it was really honest, and so she had this TED Talk, and it popped up as something that I would like, and it was an inspirational TED Talk, and it was brilliant, and she talks about inspiration and how originally inspiration used to be an external thing and somewhere during the Renaissance when humanism was born we made it an internal thing and the idea of the genius Mm. was invented Yeah. and although that's a great idea it's really tough to put that pressure on yourself to be everything and so she sort of her TED talk at least is pulling at this idea of muses in the world, and if you ask for help and you look around for them, you'll find inspiration. Rather than feeling like, I need to get the best idea from inside of me, and nothing can influence me, and it's just like, it all comes from me, because I have to be the genius. Yeah. And it really was such a great TED Talk to watch, and then she wrote a book, and it came out, and I read it, and it was phenomenal, and it sort of continues on that idea, and I found it really helpful because... The tendency is to feel like you have to do it all on your own, which you don't. And I learned that from raising money to re-record my record and my community helping. But I also realized that on a creative side, that if you ask for help from your quote-unquote guides, whatever they are, Mm -hmm. they will provide. And a guide could even be going to a coffee shop and people watching, you know, and like... Some random stranger sits down next to you and says something to their girlfriend, boyfriend, and you. That sparks an idea for you, and you go home and write it. Um, and she talks about this one point where um, Tom Waits is in the car, stuck in traffic, and Alice. The idea for Alice comes to him, and he like looks up at the sky and he starts yelling at the sky. He's like, "Now, <laughs>
0: now you get it to me. Like you yeah. better hold on to that yeah, idea, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: because." I want that idea. I hold on to the idea. It's not in me. Right. But I, I'm reaching for you. Yeah. Know that I'm reaching for you. I'll get that idea. And I felt like that piece of advice and guidance and thought that she had has really inspired me. And I hope it inspires other people.
0: Definitely. Um, what's next for you? nova has got a busy next
1: six months or so. Maybe even a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm playing... A show at the end of the month on the 25th of August um, in Chinatown, which will be fun. The Buzz Bands. The Buzz Bands show, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I've been to them before, and they're, like, so fun. Um, And then we have a single coming out September 13th. Cool. And then another single sort of early October. Okay. And then the EP, The Golden Age, is going to come out October... Twenty third. Okay. I think that's the day. <laughs> um, and then playing a show with Geographer, who I love his music. Yeah. Um, and he and I actually wrote a song together that's going to come out at some point. I don't know when, but we're going to awesome. finish mixing it next week. Fine. Um, and then, yeah, releasing another song or two early next year. And then I have this installation in April, Iron Gold. That's this photography book and limited edition vinyl release that will have um, you know, images of for each song and lyric book and, and a poem by a friend, Jacqueline Suskin, and sort of just a mixed box of inspiration from people who I find inspiring and hope that everyone will find inspiring. That's so cool.
0: Um, and then did you mention the Kickstarter?
1: Oh, and then the the big thing that I'm working on immediately <laughs> right now, right now, um, which is we're doing an Indiegogo. Oh yeah, sorry, not Kickstarter. <laughs> Indiegogo.
0: We're doing an Indiegogo
1: <laughs> for um, the electric music video. Electric came out not maybe last month, and Nick Harcourt's been spinning it a bunch on KCSN, and it's been getting some radio love across the country, and it seems to be bubbling and. A music video is just, as a visual person like myself, feels so important. And as a French American, I've always been making music really in the States and I haven't been able to go to France much. I've toured there a bunch, but besides touring, I haven't been able to do a visual component there or record a record there. So when we were conceptualizing what we would do for this video, it felt like we needed to just make a big like day in the life Love can spark in a second. Where do we go? Paris, sort of the city of love, the city of lights. It felt like the perfect place um, as a way to represent that side of my cultural heritage, as yeah. well as musical inspiration, as well as just that city is made for love, and Electric is very much a open-hearted love song. So
0: yeah, so we're making I, we're it's raising such a good funds. Song. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: We're raising funds, and there's great exclusives. You can actually pre-order the vinyl that's going to come out for the iron gold book in April. You can get a beret from Paris, and we have um, Fun. yeah, <laughs> just all sorts of things. That's the Iron so Age great. pre-order. We got lots of stuff. <laughs> and most of them we're going to try and fulfill within a month or two. We're going to send out postcards from Paris when we're there. So okay, we're trying. We have basically, we're shooting in two weeks. So we're trying to raise all the funds in two weeks. And that way we can send out most of the exclusives from Paris, um, and then the only one that you really have to wait for would be the Iron Gold book, which you would still get in advance, but you won't get till next year because it's in the beginning stages of printing, yeah
0: Cool. That's, yeah, you have so many good things coming up,
1: yes, yeah, so there's like yeah, there's a lot of really exciting things, and I feel like having felt that Clanoble was. In a cocoon for a bit now, it sort of feels like it's bursting out in the world, and and I feel very thankful for that.
0: That's Yeah, that's so great.
1: Yeah. And any LA folk, come by the show this month, because it's going to be free. In Chinatown. In Chinatown.
0: And And it's always a good time. Like, Kevin Bronson knows how to put, like, a great show together. A great show, yeah.
1: Our friends caught a ghost are going to be playing after us, and we did a show with them at the bootleg, like couple years ago now and Jason Bentley is going to be DJing so yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun and then I leave for Paris the day after like oh literally gosh. the morning after Oh my god!
0: <laughs> play the show go home and pack yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well thanks again for being on the show thanks for having me and everyone go to the Buzz Vans Chinatown
1: yeah go to Buzz Bans. follow me on Instagram yeah Twitter um, Facebook YouTube. YouTube, yeah. To see all
0: the amazing music videos. see all the
1: videos, the new (laughs) one to come. Yeah. We really appreciate any donation. The video is, all the lead roles for the video are all women. Um, And so (gasps) the director is this fantastic director, uh, Laura Beckner, who made a film in France a couple years ago. And Mm -hmm. everybody, I mean, the, the producer is a woman, and the... The DP is a woman and, and so big, all the big roles are, are female are female roles and it feels nice and empowering to be in a big community of, of women artists. So please donate. Um, any little bit helps and um, yeah, I can't wait to share the video with you and all the new music this next couple months and yeah, more to come.
0: Woohoo. Woo! Thanks again to the bang ups for the theme music and for Sydney for being on the show. This has been the I Love Music Podcast with Jen Fedor.